I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we round out our program today, uh, and again, it is National Blame Someone Else Day. And so you can blame me. I just had an awesome text come in that uh, says, I don't blame you. I, I says, Boyd, I blame you for most of my problems on most days, not just today. <laughs> and you know what? I'll take that on a day like today. And it's interesting. Uh, some other things happened on this day in history, in particular, 40 years ago. It was 40 years ago that uh, then President Ronald Reagan uh, signed into law uh, one of the biggest uh, tax reform uh, bills in our nation's history, uh, really reformed and revised and revolutionized so much of the tax code and how things were playing out. And it was at a point where there was a whole lot of pointing fingers and place and blame going on. Uh, as much as there is today in our nation's capital. And interestingly, uh, back in 1981, there was just this massive uh, chasm of distrust uh, between the American people and their government. And we've, it's interesting, we've talked to several different guests today uh, about that distrust. We've talked about the fact that Americans have always had a skeptical view of government and what is the proper role of government? And do you trust big government, big institutions, big business? Americans have always been skeptical of that. And I think that can be a healthy thing. And unfortunately, in our polarized world today, many have weaponized that skepticism and turned it into all-out distrust. That's not healthy. Uh, because when we stop having any kind of trust, uh, it's tough to come together around things. It's tough to solve problems. Uh, if we don't trust our leaders, if we don't trust each other, uh, then we have all kinds of challenges going on. Uh, and both parties, I think if you ask most Americans, uh, both parties seem pretty incapable of producing innovative solutions, solutions to meet the needs and the challenges of our day. And many Americans still feel like, you know, who's got my back? Who's looking out for me? And I think one of the things that President Reagan did as he signed that historic bill into law back in 1981, uh, he did it up at his ranch, um, which was sort of the Western White House. Uh, I've been there. It's a fascinating place. Uh, you learn, you get a completely different perspective of Reagan uh, when you go behind the scenes there and see where he lived, how he lived. 
Uh, it's one of those where, again, whether you love President Reagan or not, uh, whether you're on the left or the right, Democrat, Republican, uh, he's a very interesting individual and politician, uh, and he was just an interesting man. And when you go up to to Reagan Ranch, uh, one, it is it is small. It is not a big place. Uh, the ranch house itself is just tiny. And my favorite part of all of that, all of that, is you go into the uh, into the ranch house, which is exactly the way it was. I think the last time uh, Reagan went there, uh, because Nancy had never went back uh, after President Reagan uh, was no longer able to go up there. Uh, and it's not an easy place to get to. Uh, but when you go into their bedroom, it is two single beds pushed together and held together with zip ties. So so think about that. Uh, this is the former president of the United States, and they never bought a big mattress because he just didn't think they needed it. Surely he could have afforded it. But instead, they push the beds together, and they're held together by zip ties. And then, of course, President Reagan was a rather tall person, and the single bed was a little short. But again, rather than spending the money to get a bigger bed, he put a coffee table at the end to hold his feet. Uh, I think that's a pretty fascinating look into someone that, uh, again, is Widely praised and widely criticized, depending on politics. Uh, but as a person, he he did have a very unique perspective. And going back to 1981, uh, you know, you can look at some of the things that were challenges that were holding back uh, working families, uh, that uh, were preventing the economy from growing, from people to come coming together. And and he laid out an agenda. Again, whether you totally agreed with his agenda or not. Uh, you can debate that. That's fine. Uh, but he did instill this idea that we can come together, that there are some things that do unite us as a nation. And when we do that, the nation's always better. And so I think the thing that we have to be very careful of, again, in our healthy, our healthy skepticism of leaders and big government uh, that often it's where we started the program today. It It's not just about cutting big government. It's about fixing broken government. Because it's, it's when things are broken, uh, that's what we've got to do. And so when it comes to dealing with poverty, people who are experiencing homelessness, people who are just stuck in intergenerational poverty, uh Let's make sure we're getting the right outcomes. Let's have that conversation. I think we should go through and I think we should audit every government program. And there's a lot of them uh, that touch people facing poverty or who are stuck in the system. And so if we are going to spend money, and let's be very clear, we're not spending government money we're spending the people's money. That's also a very important part of this whole equation, in my view. Uh, and so let's evaluate it. And let's make sure there's no waste, fraud, or abuse. And then let's make sure it's actually effective and that it's producing the outcomes, not just activity. Not just activity. It's got to be outcomes. Are we producing outcomes that really matter?
Because if we're not, then we should get rid of that program or we should combine it with something else or give it to someone else and hold them accountable. It's this lack of accountability and transparency that creates and takes something from a healthy skepticism to just complete distrust. So I, I think the challenge uh, is, you know, we, we can't just cut up in this trap of, you know, cut this, cut that, as if that's the main purpose of government, uh, is to balance revenues and spending. That's not it. The, the, purpose, the purpose of government is to serve the American people. So if a policy or a program doesn't work, the answer isn't to spend less on it or to spend more on it, which is what we usually do. It's like if you have a leaky faucet or a broken window, uh, and so your your water and your heating bill are going up. So the problem isn't that it's expensive. The problem is that it's broken. And that's where we have to get to. It's the same with government and government reform. The challenge is not simply to cut the budget, although we should do that, but it's more than that. If, if all we're doing is just having an argument over the size and shape of government, that's, that's not going to take us anywhere. It's easy to get caught up in, in that. And so we need to make sure that programs work, programs produce outcomes, because that's really how government is supposed to serve we the people, because it's our money. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio today. And as always, especially as you roll into your weekend, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.